All right, guys, we are getting started right now. Welcome to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. Once again, I am one of your co-hosts, none other than Mike. And with me today, we're tag teaming with it being WrestleMania, my tag team partner, Mr. Hollywood himself, Jeff. Oh, brother. brother. Yes. (laughs) That's actually works out. Uh, Chris can't make it. His daughter is feeling under the weather. So me and Jeff are going to tag team. And which is funny because WrestleMania is only down the street from me. WrestleMania is currently on right now, and I feel like it's I'm currently on, yeah. watching it. I wish I had it. Should I call and and pay for it? Oh no, that means we get interrupted, and we're the we're the bigger we're the bigger show here. Can't have that. Yeah, yeah we yeah, are probably bigger than the Super Bowl of wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. WrestleMania is, is in downtown Orlando in the Citrus Bowl, and I am in Orlando, so it just. I believe Chicken. it's called the Camping World Stadium now. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, forever the Citrus Bowl. So Chris can't make it, so just me and Jeff tag team, like I said. And we haven't done a episode in a while on Beer News, so I figure since Chris can't make it and, you know, Preston's busy and Chris, and Chris, well, um, RJ is busy, you know, keep it light today. Have a little conversation. Kicking it old school, man. Kicking it OG old school. With, with our roots, how it started. So... First things first, I'm blown away, and I, I need I need to talk about it. I need to, I need to, to let all of our fans know that South Florida has the best damn bottle shops in the state of Florida. <laughs> I am convinced. <laughs> convinced. So yeah, and I've talked about my little my little one down the street for a while, but man, you went to uh, you, you got went a that little one. taste. You got you went to that oh, one. You got a little taste. Yeah, there were some other ones you went to while you were just down. Um, so yeah. So uh, Jeff's first episode when he was in Jupiter, he mentioned, I think it was that episode or maybe the episode before or something like that. You mentioned big shout out to Craft Beer City in Jupiter. They are the best bottle shop, in my opinion, in the state of Florida that I've ever been to in my entire life. Little hole in the wall, Craft Beer City. Give them a huge shout out for hooking us up. I bought most of my beer from there. Really? Uh, yeah. And you went back with a whole lot of beer. I went back with 25 bottles or cans or bombers so individual beers i have 25 of them in various sizes but <laughs> i'm getting ahead of myself we gotta go with a drink I'm, I'm just too i'm sorry i'm just too excited to cover what i need to cover this episode too much stuff oh so much stuff stuff overload so my first beer i have i brought two up but my first beer is one of the beers that i got sat uh, friday night uh heading down to jupiter you know after we went to craft beer city which we're going to talk to once I get back on track. We went to Civil Society because they had two uh, cans, two beers that I bought. And this one I'm drinking is the Social Lube, as Jeff can see on the screen here. Not as cloudy as as normal, but uh, it's a collab IPA IPA that uh, Civils did with All In Brewing. If it can. So you have it at your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is damn tasty, Jeff. 425. Yeah. This beer is damn good. Oh, all right. And it's an IPA, and I am slowly converting, but this beer is fancy. I'm digging it a Man. lot. So and it's weird too, because like they did another IPA. Yeah, and we missed three. And somehow it's different. Yep, yep. And then the next day, Saturday, yesterday, they had three can releases, and I missed it. And I said, "Son of a bitch! <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me? I'll go over there. It's right down the road yeah. from my house." But uh, 
the, the, my second beer, which once I, I finished the social, my second beer I got last weekend and I gave Jeff uh, his four pack uh, when we quickly visited, which I wish we spent more time, but Jeff, uh, Jay had less. That's all right, man. But I got the first time ever Red Cypher's Imperial Mocha Death Roll right here. First time they have the death roll not on nitro, it's on CO2, which is cool. I haven't had it yet. Well, I lied. I had it on tap, but I haven't had it in the can, so that's my first can. So that's my second beer after this social loop. So, Jeff, what are you drinking? Uh, at the moment, I um, well, I've already <laughs> I've already drank one of those uh, death rolls. Um, fantastic, uh, really good beer. But um, right now, we are drinking a little bit of Declaw Sweet Baby Jesus to kick off the show. We had uh, a nice little dinner at Utiki and got some dessert was a Reese's pie of some kind. So we thought Dang. chocolate peanut butter beer might go well with that. So a little dessert beer, um, sweet baby Jesus. And then afterwards, I don't know. We'll see where the, we'll see where the night takes me. I got a whole cooler full of beer. <laughs> we went yeah. into, we went into ABC, uh, it not even like, at, like 11 o'clock in the morning the other day. And we were looking for thick mint and we, uh, they didn't have it, but we just ended up walking out with like $80 worth of beer instead. So story of my life, every time I go into a damn store that sells beer, I end up with $80 worth of stuff I didn't intend to buy, but Amen. I got a cooler full. I got a, I got a fridge full of beer and I'm, you know, we'll see where the night takes me. <laughs> we'll see how I feel. Maybe, Marshall, maybe Marshall Zukov. So yeah, um, man. So back to the original now that, now that we're back on track and you know, fuck man. This crappier city was all the rage. They had so many good beers. The guy that was working, I think, was the owner. Uh, just knew a bunch. He knew everything. If he had, there's had only it, like can... three people total who can work there. There's a lot. I've yeah. never been in there where it's the same three people. So there's only like a total of three people. <laughs> we had the owner because I was like, "Yo, man, you need to really branch off into Orlando. I will quit my job and run this this bottle shop." And he just was talking like. He was, he was more than just an employee, so I think it was the owner, but he had beers that I never even knew got sold in Florida. Like He had Modern Times. He had Clown Shoes. He had Heresy. He, I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on. He had Bombers, Bottles, Cans. He had Last Buffalo in the Park on, growl, on the Growler Station, which can't get anywhere that I'm aware of. That beer is gone. He just had it. 32 ounce fill for 20 bucks. Can you believe that? It's it was a gem. And I am glad that and, you brought and they have a drive through. And they have a drive through, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> but it was small hole in the wall. Like we always drove past it, but man, they had oh my god. It it really blew anything in Orlando out of the water. And then after that, the next day, me and my buddy went to craft beer cartel in fort lauderdale which is caddy corner from riverside market which we've been to and we, and we love riverside market and they were just as good as craft beer city but they're a bottle shop homebrew shop coffee shop and a brewery all in one and, and donuts. it was and and they had breakfast they had donuts so they also had a, a bunch of things and the guy working there knew everything he's like oh i've had that it's great don't drink this, have that. And they just had so many beers that I never even knew, like different variations of, of Tool or Tool or T-O space O-L. Tool. Tool, yeah. yeah. They had like eight different beers from him. 
eight different beers from him. They had, oh my god, oh the list can go on and on. And I ended up buying twenty five bottles or beers, I should say. Yeah, it's easy to do. We, I mean, we went in. I mean, as as mainstream as it is, like I was saying, the ABC that we went into a really good craft beer selection. It wasn't really picked over or anything. It's almost like like down here either they're getting so much more of it or they're getting it down here maybe i don't know but um like craft beer city i feel like they're a really good uh bottle shop but i think they might be more for the intermediate to like like real craft beer enthusiast level like I don't think your entry-level craft beer person is going to walk in there and ha- and know what any of that stuff is. Because, like, they're so small that all they really carry is, like, really high-end, like, cool, like, one-offs and stuff. Like, yeah. a lot of their stuff is, is like, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe they have that. Oh, my God, I can't believe they have that. But, like, if you were a new person to craft beer, you'd be like, I don't know what the fuck any of this is. You're right. You're <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the good thing about Craft Beer City is that their prices were, like, oh, like, cheap. Like, all the oh, yeah. bombers I got, I think one of them was more than twelve dollars, or two of them. So I got mm-hmm. five bombers. So I got five. Uh, five were under twelve, and two were over twelve. And I got you know, modern times was like a nine dollar bomber, a, a bomber of clown shoes that's like thirteen percent. That's their stout Asian bourbon barrels was like nine dollars. It's crazy how cheap those beers were. But I think you're right though. I think. You know, you know, those two places are more like for the intermediate and advanced to where Total Wines and ABCs are, are very much intro to intermediate. And occasionally you'll right. get like, yeah, you'll, and you'll get a like, I, yeah, I never go in there and like am disappointed by their selection. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I, there's definitely things they're not getting and not putting on the shelf. Um, but yeah, I was. I've been surprised. What I like about Craft Beer City is because they, I feel like they take a chance on some stuff that we wouldn't have heard of. So I feel like every time I go in there, there's some brewery or somebody that I don't know anything about that I'll grab because they're affordable, like, because it's cheap and they're, they have good prices. And like, we've had some stuff from, from there. Like you tried that sour that we had from Urban Family that was um, from Seattle. It was a fantastic sour. Um, we've had some stuff from them that's like from breweries that I've never heard of or seen or don't even know anything about. And I, you know, you pull it up on your phone and try to do a little bit of research before, but you just, you can try a new beer because a 16 ounce bottle of some sour from, you know, wherever is only six bucks and you're like, okay, well, I would spend six bucks at the bar. If not more. So, right. So we just, you know, we grab stuff all the time from there. That's just surprise and we'll see and then we find out oh my god this shit's awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah i did i did walk in there where i was talking to the guy just bullshitting with him uh you know a lot of it had to do with the excitement of what they had and i was just was so excited i just had to talk to him i did name drop you jeff i said oh my my buddy my co-host uh comes in here all the time he's go oh, what's his name i go that you probably haven't heard of him but his name's jeff he's like uh i don't think i've met him yet so jeff you need to go in there and and schmooze <laughs> yeah i'm not much of a i, I don't you know i didn't talk I, I don't talk i just kind of peruse the shelves yeah. and by peruse the shelves i mean i stand in the one room the seven by ten room and i look at what they have and yeah. <laughs> it's maybe it's bigger than that i'm, I'm making yeah. it sound like a, a shed it's much bigger than that but it's not a very big store yeah and, and, and it's not no total wine not an abc at all 
but uh, yeah, better though. Better. And their growler, their growler yeah. station's set up really well, and they've got uh, they always have good beers on there. What do they have? Seven or eight taps? Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, about I think eight. And they always have good beer. Yeah, I don't know why I said seven. I feel like nobody ever has odd number of taps. They have like eight taps, and uh, and they always uh, they always have good stuff on. I think they always have a nitro beer on, and then they got like like a bunch of CO two beers over there, and they uh, they literally have a drive through, which is fucking nuts. You come up and it, and you like ring a little bell, and they open up a sliding glass door, and as long as you know what you want, they just grab it for you and bring it to your car. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> neat though. <laughs> a little urban but neat <laughs> yeah it's it's cool because you know and and, and i you know shout out to crappier cartel you know they don't have the drive-through but i mean not a very big store it's about the size of a of a maybe a like a, a wawa maybe actually smaller than that but they're just stacked to the brim with with you know beers and you know I think there's an asterisk you have to include that some of these towns like Jupiter may not be a craft beer town to where these liquor stores have nothing but gems almost all the time, including the ABCs, including the total wine, because, you know, like you said, like these beginner intermediate people have no idea what is on there to where more advanced people like you and me walk in and we're like, holy shit, <laughs> you have this, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get the ABC. We walked in the other day. They still have like, not just like one or two or random bottles. They have like a shitload of Marshall Zukov. Like they had a ton of sweet baby Jesus, which like I know is in distribution now. So it's not like that big of a deal, but like That's still people, but people should know about that beer and know that, it, you know, and it like shouldn't be sitting on the shelf. Um, what else? Did, I mean, everybody down here, every bottle shop I go into, it's like not even exciting anymore has Prairie bomb. Like Prairie bombs always on the shelf at all these places. Oh yeah. And like, you you walk into a store and see Prairie Bomb as if it's just like completely normal. Like yeah, oh oh, oh yeah, a poo clone cool. that's like fucking awesome. Okay, yeah, let's you know whatever. I see that every time I come in here. Like we tried we we tried some uh, or we just picked up a Duclaw, um Blood Orange IPA from ABC and it was I mean it wasn't that good but it's like Duclaw just sitting on the shelf. Tool is all over the place yeah. um, down here and I mean that's like really good really good. I believe Belgian sours, right? I think he does IPAs and sours. IPAs and sours. I love how he's not listening. Netherlands. <laughs> I'm listening. No, I was getting the two old is from the Netherlands. Oh, okay. I mean, even even like Craft Beer City had like six uh, prairies, and like uh, Craft Beer Cartel had literally like ten to twelve different prairie beers, including Bomb, just sitting like cases of them, like six packs just yeah. sitting there. And no one's gonna take them, and you're like, "Oh my god, I want one of everything." Because one, I can't get half of that in Orlando, and then two, there's so much of it. Like, like it's crazy how how you know that kind of geographic, you know, thing works. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, that's why I give those two places a shout. That's the only. That's pretty much the only half. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> But Jeff is by Jeff is by Yeah, I live right down the street from it. I'm so lucky. I don't even understand. And he has an agreement with FedEx to where if you could pick out beers and have them sent to somebody. Can you believe that? He'll mail it. Really? Yes. We were there and some lady. relatively illegal, I think. Nah, no. I don't know. I don't think so. 
But anyway, I mean, he has he said he has to deal with FedEx, so whatever. I'll take it with a grain of salt. But he had a box of like $250 worth of beer that this lady bought for her son, and he's mailing it out. Like It was like two boxes full of beer. And he's mailing it out like tomorrow. I was like, wow. Uh, awesome. I wonder how much she, he's shipping must be like 50 bucks a box because that shit is heavy. Yeah. Cool, cool. Sorry, yes, I was, I was drinking. So um, yeah, That's so all right. I, I want to give that shout out, dude. Like, if it, 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 like that was probably the best part of the trip besides seeing Jeff, of course. Thanks, man. <laughs> Not going to Riverside though. Riverside's awesome. I love Riverside. Riverside awesome. Yeah, it's very awesome. It was packed, dude. We were there, packed. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, shout out to them too, and their pizza is still awesome. <laughs> I remember eating their pizza last time and I was like, it was after maple bacon. I was just so drunk and I, I was just scarfing down pizza and I don't even remember what it tasted like. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. It, you know, and, and they let you take to go beers too. You buy beers, you know, and then, and, and leave with them. So that's, that's, cool. I love the whole honesty you know, system there. You just like, they have all the bottle openers hanging from the ceiling and you just like open up beers and drink them at your table or whatever. And then you bring up your empties to the counter and it's like, this is what I had. Yeah, and I mean, for the, for the people like, who don't know Riverside, dude, yeah, right, nobody yeah. steals or anybody takes. Nobody. It's like because they trust you to be honest. Like people are honest, and I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. So if if you know Riverside Market, it's it, Riverside Market is a, I guess, quote unquote, bottle shop bar. Excuse me, in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Excuse me, that is based one hundred percent on an, on an honesty system. So you walk in, there's no bouncer, at least not the times that we were there. Uh, no bouncer walk in there's eight coolers full of beer a kitchen and you just walk up to the cooler look around grab whatever beer you want open it start drinking it and there's you know like jeff said bottle cap openers bottle openers everywhere they have bombers there and then whenever you're done you take whatever you drank take it to the counter by the front door and they and then it's you pay based off what you drink and they have like eight taps from you know taps with you know that due south there that concrete beach there they had a another beer, another brewery, a couple other breweries too. And they have good food. They have couches, recliners, uh, long, long tables that you can board, set up. Board games and checkers. And then, game, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a cool, it's a very chill spot. It's nothing like if you're going out to like rage and drink, like you're probably not going to have the best time, but if you're going to go somewhere, get some really good beers, I mean, it's self-service for the most part, but like yeah. charm go out and get like some good beers and have a good time. And like, good and actually be able to have a com- um play some board games or whatever it's just like it's just a really cool spot yep. sit on some freaking recliners and drink good beer um yeah. and then i mean and everybody who works there's cool as hell too so uh, yeah. big shout out to them they're they're awesome yeah so it, it's you know oh it's always nice going there it's, it's definitely a treat and you know it's you can actually talk to people because there's not blaring music or people screaming it's just real quiet like cafe style but you can you know Take your time and pick whatever beer you want, and put it back if you don't want it, and stuff like that. So it's really cool. And they had a ton of funky Buddha bombers. They had strawberry shortcake, buttercup, maple bacon porter, last snow. I was like, wow, oh, nothing cool. <laughs> I just saw last snow at ABC. Uh, still can't get rid of it. They still had a bunch of it. Still can't get rid of it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that was cool. So. <clears throat> Second half, after we do our, our ad read, we're going to go into some beer news that we haven't covered in a very long time. 
So yeah, we've been out of the beer news game for a bit. Beer news, yeah. At least ever since Chris came out, we haven't really covered a whole lot of beer news. Maybe an article once in a blue moon, but uh. So um, let's see. We got we got news. We got some news here. Let's, let me get. We got five articles. I'll let Jeff get situated for another minute before we we dive into the news. We need put. We need get like a set a news song to wherever we do the news. You well, you got like put that in. I'll find one. I'll I'll find one. You got that. All right. So what what beer did you get, Jeff? Before we before we move on, I moved on to uh, a beer that one of these schmucks came and brought me today. uh, Yesterday from their trip, it's a brewery we have been talking about a lot lately because they've been killing it. Saltwater Brewing in Delray Beach, uh, and this is the Coffee Sea Cow, uh, uh, which is there. It is, uh, I, I like Sea Cow. I know you originally said you did not like Sea Cow in the can. Um, when it first got had this one, have infected. you had this one yet? Yeah, I had it at the bar, and I won't say anything. I'll let you, I don't want to influence your, your, your taste buds. Here. Okay, but I, I, I did like it, and I'll leave it at that. I did like it. But anything more? It's, it smells like just crunched up, like like they just ground coffee. Like it smells very coffee forward. Yeah, and that is it's in a can, and it is their milk? I, it's their milk stout, their sea uh, cow's milk yes. stout. So, mm-hmm. so I like think? it. It's roasted. It's like really roasty and really bitter coffee. It's not like it's not like a it's not like a Starbucks coffee kind of beer. It's definitely coffee grounds, almost like an espresso type beer. With that bitter coffeeness, I like it a lot. Actually, yep. the aftertaste is really good. The body's a little light, but otherwise, I think it's a, I think it's a really good beer. It's really roasty. Yeah, so it's definitely heavy coffee aroma, like heavy, heavy coffee. And then when you mm-hmm. drink it, it's just it's that sea cow sweetness, but that bitterness of the coffee. I thought, I thought it was awesome. I know I had they had a uh, chocolate, or they had a a hazelnut coffee mayday, which is their porter, which was holy shit. Oh, I am I am a hazelnut <laughs> almond craze right now. Oh, I eat them all if I could. But that beer is 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 fantastic. And yeah, we, we gave you a, we got you some. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's really freaking yeah, good. In the 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 imperial um, imperial death roll was good too. The mocha death roll it was really yeah. good too. So I appreciate you bringing those yeah, down. Man. Yeah, man, no problem. I was driving past right, your work into house, the so. news. Into the news. News. All right. Five articles and Jeff. And Jeff is going to pick which one we do. Okay. I think we should start. Let's see. Let's start with a good one and then we'll get into some like like some lesser ones. And then let's. Well, wait. Which one do you think is the is the biggest one? The one we should finish with? I'm thinking five, three, one. Yeah. I mean, we can finish that or the power hour one. Okay. Well, then Those are the two big ones. All right. Let's start with the power hour one. Okay. Good. Because I moved this to my first tab. Got it. So, article number one. Thanks to Jeff for picking this one. It's out of Brewbound, www.brewbound.com. Title is called Power Hour Craft Beer Growth Opportunity Lies with Female Consumers, written by Justin Kendall on Morse. And it was published March 24th of. So pretty much what I'm going to summarize the article without getting too like in depth about it, but pretty much what it says is that the, you know, craft beer is primarily largely men 
and the growing market of craft beer lies within the female market. <clears throat> so, for example, I guess I can go into some numbers here. Um, <clears throat> if the they said the article here, if if the male female split was fifty fifty, the industry would uh, have a large increase in the number of drinkers. To where, and another thing, craft beer lost. Uh, you see, we're 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 killing it on on preparedness here. Um, you really were really going old school. Yeah, man, here. really going old school. Like not being prepared at all. Let's you know what? Fuck that. We're not gonna go the numbers. So we're gonna go into the topic of the female uh, female consumers of craft beer. To where? <clears throat> so that's gonna be that's I guess the news article that we're gonna cover, right? To where? Craft beer is only can I mean how many guys drink beer? Huge, a large percentage, right? So it's <laughs> going to grow based off the female consumers because of I think styles like fruit saisons, maybe uh, a Berliner, or even like you know a a, a session IPA, which are or I guess are making a comeback. I don't know where or or blondes for you know God forbid blondes, but you know i think it's something to really look into in and in, in, in a good in a good way of you know more and more women are getting into craft beer whether it's professionally to they're opening their own breweries or brewing or they're more open to trying it and not being turned off because it's beer that right so well <clears throat> go ahead i just uh, i just spoke with a head brewer uh, last weekend who was doing a lot of different kinds of styles of beer and, and interesting stuff. And we um, got on the topic of kind of that exact same thing. And he had a, a very nice um, lemon ginger Berliner Weiss that was very, like, it was really good, but it was super light, um, almost no sour. It was just, just like a lemonade with a little bit of a ginger punch. And that I believe is, is, you know, a lot of breweries answer to that exact problem is, we need to be able to prov to provide something that your beer drinker doesn't drink. So they're making these almost wine consistency sour beers that are not very carbonated. They're very, you know, they have very little bit of, of head. They're more citric and they're more um, kind of tannic and they're fruit forward and they're not wine at all, but it's like these light fruity kind of light beers that, drink like wine are what I'm seeing a lot more come out of. And I'm sure the answer is because they're seeing these same numbers and saying, we need to attract more women, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, as I like ciders and people can make fun of me about liking ciders, I love ciders. Uh, and, and, you know, ciders have that stereotype of being a woman, you know, woman drink of a, a woman goes to a brewery and the stereotype is she's going to look for a cider more before she gets a, a stout or a porter or whatever the Belgian, whatever the case is, and now, like you said, these these styles that are taking a much lighter approach, maybe not, but they're more approachable in terms of like, well, we have this. If you don't like your stouts, your porters, your your, your Belgians, your whatever, we have this lemon ginger beer. It's beer. There is a slight tartness to it, but it's not like. Ugh. I don't like beer because it tastes like beer or it tastes like shit or whatever the case may be. You know, try it. And that's, I think, a good stepping stone for women to get into that that linear path of getting them on the craft beer train and having that take them, like all of us, taking them through your starter beer. And then you're going to go from that. You're going to go to maybe 
a Shandy's or, you know, the lemonade, the line and Kugels. And from there, you could go to a peach or apricot Kolsch. And from there, you know, wheat and then so on and so forth. So I think, I think breweries should make what sells. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in that to a point to where if IPAs are the hottest thing on the market, I totally understand having one or two IPAs, but that shouldn't be the only thing you sell. And, and breweries should be taking notice. And I think most are. I know uh, Broken Cauldron has a lot of, you know, the lighter stuff that they make, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, to where, you know, women want to go out. We, As a man, I would want my girlfriend to come out with me and drink with me. I don't want her being turned away because she may not like beer and the places I want to go to are breweries, so she's not going to want to go. So then, you know, it's not as fun as having her there or whatever, which I don't have a girlfriend, but whatever. So I, and, my, I, I, and my girlfriend loves beer because she's awesome. So yeah, but I think that has it doesn't lack me any. That has that's a market that hasn't fully been tapped yet, but I think we're getting there. Yeah, but I think I and I'm interested to see what the criteria is for maybe brewing these, um, you know, like female friendly beers or because I mean let's let's be honest, like obviously they're saying it from a market research standpoint. So it's so it's you know they're saying it. Um, it sounds sexist the way you say it, but it's, but it's, they're using it as a market, you know, market research standpoint. They're looking at how do we expand our market to the female consumer. So I wonder what the criteria is that's important to them that they're actually looking for. Like we say the, you know, we've seen a lot more of these fruity light beers. Uh, to me, I feel like the ones that I'm seeing more and more and what I do think is probably more important in some ways to, to even male consumers nowadays, the same way we saw session beers come, is I think these low ABV styles, these Berliner Weisses, these uh, these farmhouse ales are coming around because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of times a, a woman who's 100 pounds versus me or you who's 200 plus pounds, like they might want to drink more than one beer or two beers. And we, you know, we are going to drink five beers and, you know, it's just, I think it's one of those things where a lot of these styles I think are coming out with low ABV because it makes it more sessionable and more and easier for you guys to, you know, for women to approach the, the craft beer if they haven't already gotten into it. And there's been many times where I've had women order beers for me and they get a double IPA and they drink two or three, you know, really strong beers in a night. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm jealous of them cause I'm a lightweight, but, <laughs> um, you know, but there's also, there's also that entry level beer is that I'm seeing a lot more of that. And I think it's more geared towards the female consumer lately. You think, you think so? I think, I think that brings up a good question of, you know, I'm seeing a rise in the lower ABV, you know, beers, the Berliner, Saison's farmhouse, like you said, <coughs> Goza's. Do you think that's a trend that breweries are taking to maybe latch on, you know, catch more women? Or do you think that's just a trend just within the industry itself to, you know, maybe a new trend that's starting to blossom, you know, the lower ABV beers. It, it could be a bit of both. I mean, we were kind of, I, I mean, I remember saying we were both kind of happy when um, session IPAs kind of died out because it's like, do we really need more IPAs? I mean, realistically, well, I was happy, but session IPAs have their place and I like but, it. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I thought we, I thought we were kind of pumped. They were, I, I didn't really, I, I thought they were a trend. Um, and they really were like a, a big trend like two or three years ago and they've kind of slowed their their role a little bit and people have kind of stopped putting them out for the most part. I don't really see session IPAs anymore really, but 
Um, but I think that doesn't mean that there's not a use for the sessionable styles. I just don't really think there's that many IPA drinkers who are overly concerned about, about ABV because you're drinking a style that is traditionally a little bit higher. Um, even your regular IPAs are going to sit, you know, six or six plus, right. whereas your normal Pilsners and stuff are going to be closer to five. Um, and then even the lighter styles are going to be below that. So, um, I think an IPA was just like a weird mix for a low ABV version of it. But um, just because I don't think if you're drinking IPAs, you're really all that concerned with that. But, you know, I guess to each their own, I, I guess it was probably a, a success. I see it more as, um, you know, it's becoming more about like uh, sampling and trying as many beers as you can. And flights are so big now and everybody wants to try as many beers as they can when they go out to these breweries. So I think a lot of the low ABV stuff coming available is because it makes it possible for you to try more stuff when you go yeah. out. Like when we go out to breweries, what do we do? Every single time we get a flight and then we usually get a beer too. And sometimes we even get two flights cause we're idiots, but, <laughs> but I want to try as I want to try every new beer I've never tried Absolutely, whenever I go yeah. to a brewery. So when they have a lot of lower ABV stuff, it makes that possible. Yeah. I think that's, I think, I'm really like excited about that about the low ABV seeing more of it and just that that reason 100% it's I want to I want to I like the flavor I like drinking low ABV and with getting the flavor and and being able to you know function whether it be on the golf course you know brewery hopping at the beach like I don't want to have two beers at the beach or whatever and be fucking sloppy and drink and falling falling over and shit you know I want to get the flavor but also not be hammer drunk in an hour because i'm drinking a double ipa that's 11 percent or whatever you know it's yeah. i think that's a good thing I'm, I'm very excited to uh to see more of that in breweries and to see what they come up with well and let's um, and let's not pretend that there's no place for the high abv stuff because that's oh, okay. my still my favorite styles you know and that boozy sweetness is part of the biggest reason i even got into craft beer is when you get those eight nine ten percenters and they're so sweet and and just like that the the way that sugar turned into alcohol and it's just a sweet big you know syrupy powerful beer i think those have their place too i just think when i go to a brewery now it used to be i want that you know i would go in and say what's your imperial stout what's your but now i feel like when i go i want to try as many beers as i can before i get that beer you know so if i go and get a flight of low abv stuff and try you know let's try their pale ale let's try their berliner let's try their you know whatever else sour that's a three and a half percenter and and then we'll get a flight of those and then i'll be like okay now i want to get that big bold you know a snifter of that big bold beer yeah and and with what chris said you know he he judges he one of the reasons one of the factors he judges breweries is, is give me your lightest beer and if they can per per perfect that and do that then he has higher hopes for that brewery having better beer oh, yeah. darker so you know i think that's something to consider too and you know good thing so next article so we have you want to do the 5301 next or on the end no i feel like that's one you end with that's okay. like a big that's like and it's gonna be that one's gonna be a whole lot of uh like numbers and stuff so okay. that one we should wait until we're at least two more beers deep, you want right? to do the, uh, the cookie <laughs> one yeah let's do it that's the one i have the pulled up right one. now all right all right we so this... think too much like <laughs> i know <laughs> so we're successful uh this is from beer street journal written by uh reed ramsey i guess is the founder 
want to drink a cookie southern tier thick mint can make it can make that happen so what that is ladies and gentlemen is southern tier is teaming up with the girl scouts of america and they're producing a thin mint beer which is a dessert beer brewed with chocolate and mint and they're calling it thick mint and is part of southern tiers black water series so for those of you who don't know what southern tier is they are the makers of pumpkin and warlock which I think were probably their most notable beers, especially pumpkin. Creme, creme brulee. Also, probably. Creme brulee is also popular as well. Um, so they, in my opinion, specialize. Their specialty is the sweet beers. They do very sweet beers. So I know somebody on Jeff's end is looking for this beer, and now I'll be on the lookout to see if I can find it up here and, and snag one for her. But yes, is, please, if you do find it, because we have been looking. Um, Cassie is from uh, from right near where the brewery is, so we've been looking for thick mint. So <laughs> it is, and it's available in twelve ounce bottles and draft. It's their imperial stout, like I said, with chocolate and mint. Comes in twenty two ounce bottles and draft, and is ten percent ABV. So it's it's coming in hot on this yeah. one. And if I've if a the thing I've noticed with Southern Tier, especially lately, is um, those high ABV beers are really, they're really boozy lately. So that's, that will play good with this one, a very thick, you know, very thick chocolatey beer. Um, but even like creme brulee was more boozy than I've ever had it this year. And, uh, I don't know if, if that's good or bad to me, I like it, but a lot of people maybe don't, or, you know, that's, you guys make your decision for yourself on that. Right. But at 10%, I'm imagining this beer is going to taste like, like you dipped, uh, Dip some thin mint cookies in some in some dark rum or something. It's gonna right. be good. So there's, there's two <laughs> things I really want to point. The reason there's two reasons why I brought this up. One is that I've been seeing a lot of breweries do beers with Girl Scout cookies, a lot. Crooked Thumb, uh, Orlando Brewing is famous. Their their thin mint chocolate, whatever the fuck they call it. A lot of breweries are doing Girl Scout cookies with their beer. Second reason, and I think the biggest reason that to how this beer is going to pair is that damn mint. Because <laughs> sometimes mint sucks in beer. It is terrible. Almost as bad as watermelon. I mean, oh, nothing worse than watermelon. So that's, that to me is, is what the reason why I brought this article up. Well, here's my thing with, um, with mint is that I almost feel like every time that I've had a mint beer – there's no mint like it tastes like it tastes like there's like that aftertaste of like toothpaste or something like yep. but it's not like when you taste it it doesn't taste minty and so i'm hoping that you know this is supposed to taste like a thin mint cookie so if it's supposed to taste like a thin mint you better believe there should be some mint flavor in there um like right away like on the nose on the right on the palate like it should be strong mint if it is then i don't see any reason that this won't be an awesome beer but you know well, I haven't tried it yet. We'll see. Yep. Time shall tell. Yeah. So I, you know, when I did the crooked thumb episode with press and from the beer chasers, which you guys should check out the beer, the beer chasers. Um, they were doing three different beers with using Girl Scout cookies. And then I know of uh, Orlando Brewing, like I said, has theirs. I think 1010 was doing one. Dick Crooked Can was doing one. Uh, a couple of breweries down south were doing some. So it's like, is this an is this a thing that you know a yearly thing of, hey everyone, it's Girl Scout season, so every brewery is going to have their rendition of a Girl Scout cookie beer. That would not uh, upset me. 
Somebody needs to make those peanut butter ones. What are those little peanut butter patty ones that they have? Those oh, things are oh, freaking good. Yeah. I like the, the like peanut ones. butter and wafer and oh man, those coconut ones would be a good beer too. Yeah, the coconut and chocolate ones. Yeah, those would be good. But I mean, that's you know, this is coming high. I mean, Southern Tier, their sweet beers, the creme brulee is high in ABV too. It is, yeah. Uh, you know, more than what you'd expect. And to me, like coming from the Satter guy, that stuff is just too sweet for me. Specifically, the creme brulee is what I'm referring to. It is so sweet that I feel like the sugar is like melting my teeth. Yeah, and I love cider. <laughs> the cho- the chocolate or chocolate, but spelled like chocolate. Um, yeah. and the mocha that they make are both less sweet. They're a little bit um, toned down, and they're still high ABV. But I think those two beers are very balanced. Um, and a lot, uh, you know, everybody loves the creme brulee. I actually really love the creme brulee. I think it's one of the like it, it is like you said it's super sweet i could have one of those um in a night and i actually i, I had a 12 ounce one uh, just a bottle of it and i was like by the end of that bottle i was even a little bit like man this is just so sweet but i think the actual flavor of that beer is incredible oh yeah agreed and that goes like well with ice cream. yeah for a repeatable like you want to have two or three beers like i think chocolate and mocha from them are both fantastic and actually their IPAs and like their actual regular style beers are all really good. Um, they've they've made a name for themselves with their um, like crazy style flavored you know things, but like, um, but like their actual regular style beers are are really good. The two times IPA uh, is good. Um, I mean, all their stuff. They have a they have a good session IPA actually, even though I kind of bashed them earlier, but. <laughs> not not southern tier but session ipas i bashed a little bit but um they have a good session ipa too they uh, they're a good brewery with with regular styles but they have definitely made a name for themselves with some big big boozy um sweet beers yeah so speaking of dessert i just cracked open the mocha death roll and it is damn good mm-hmm. holy shit oh my god yeah i like it better in can than from tap because the can i get a little bit more of a creaminess the mocha comes through more and the that death roll base, that malt build, you can definitely taste that with like that mocha ingredient to it. So it was good job, Ryan and Garrett. <laughs> I told uh, I told one of the girls at work. Um, I actually gave her a can of it uh, to try. She's a she's a I'll call her a moderate to uh, somewhere in an intermediate uh, craft beer drinker, but she goes up to sailfish and stuff, and she tries some beer and. Um, and I knew she'd appreciate it, so I I told her, this is the imperial version of the best uh, of the best stout in Florida. Which I truly believe, Dread Death Roll. I truly believe the is the best regular stout in the state. It's just the malt build, the the complexity, how smooth it is, the flavors that come through. It's just I think it's a fantastic beer all the way through. So you know Death Roll's at like a little I think at six percent now or a little bit above six yeah. percent. I know well, when we I had it for the show it was four percent. Yeah they when they released it it was four percent. I've had it a lot since then because we had it on tap a lot uh after that after we did the the Red Cypress episode. Uh-huh. And we had it at the when I was leaving Orlando, I think I had it at the um at the brewery and it's definitely it it went up like pretty much immediately after they first released it from four percent to six percent and it's been it's been there for a while but it's good i mean it's just freaking i and when he said there was nothing at all different like it's just that complex malt mill with like the however many eight or nine different types of malts and stuff like whatever whatever it is i don't know you have to go back and check our episode 
but it was uh it's that's what gives it all of that flavor um it blew me away that's just good brewing you know yeah. top to bottom yep so that's that's that topic not right now you know we're gonna move on we're gonna move on we got we got three more articles we have uh you want to uh, uh the, the next two are distro before the last yeah, let's, you want to yeah let's just hit both of those at the same time pretty much all right so pretty much two news articles in one dogfish head hits missouri so they just reached missouri and cigar city adds their distribution channel to north carolina which i am surprised it took cigar city that long to hit north carolina considering oscar blues owns them <laughs> right but but oscar blues doesn't brew for them and even though oscar Bre blues has a brewery in north carolina that doesn't brew cigar city beers but it does have a distribution network set up there so you would think they would have hit there a, a long time ago but so i want to i'm gonna i want to read this cigar city article it's, it's nice and short and we'll get to the the thing so this was written six days ago at at the time of this recording which is sunday april 2nd fans can expect 12 ounce cans of highlight ipa madura brown which is fantastic Florida Cracker, Belgian-style White Ale, Invasion Pale Ale, and Tampa-style Lager draft will follow shortly after launch, which is that's their core beers. If you don't know Cigar City, that's their core beers. My favorite is Maduro. Uh, North Carolina brings the brewery's distribution network to eight states, including Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Tennessee, and they also distribute in Denmark. That's, that's crazy. Odd. I didn't know about Denmark. That, that now, I knew... They told me uh, years ago that New York was was their first market, I believe, that they distroed out of, From including what I Florida. Heard, what? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, we're not professionals here, but uh, I, I no, thought New York. All. I thought New York was their first market outside the state of Florida. Maybe, I maybe thought, I just misunderstood. That might be what it was, but I thought yeah, that was a weird wrong. jump to go up to New York right away. But um, yeah, so that's I think I I find that interesting with Cigar City being as as prominent as they are not the fact that they're in georgia but the fact that they're not well prior to this article they were not in the carolinas before this right. virginia so but that's to me that's very interesting that they skipped the carolinas but they're in tennessee but they're in denmark yeah well denmark uh, that's got to be weird but i mean i guess that makes sense like i'm sure they're they like the American style beers over there and, and there's probably not many American breweries that are distroing. So it's like kind of an untapped market. I mean, mm. I, I bet they do well over there, but no, it doesn't make, uh, I mean, not that it doesn't make sense. Maybe they always had the target in mind, but because they knew that, um, you know, because those are craft beer, the Carolinas are craft beer States. Maybe they were waiting until they could meet demand because demand's going to be high. People drink up there and they drink good beer, you know? Yeah. It, it's, you know, Cigar City, uh, you know, outsources a lot of their beer. You know, Brew Hub does a lot of their batches, which upsets a lot of people because they have a lot of batch issues. But, um, you know, I'm excited for Cigar City. You know, I think they, they should, in theory, do well. North Carolina, um, I think North Carolina is a very in state heavy. You know, they have, I mean, North Carolina has Asheville, Charlotte, North Carolina, North Carolina has, is very underestimated the quality of breweries that are there from us mm -hmm. living in Florida. So take, you know, that's an asterisk of us living in Florida. North Carolina would not be maybe a top five state for craft breweries 
at least for me. You know, would Cal- not or would? Would not. I would say California, Colorado, probably New York, uh, and then two other states, but none of them being North Carolina. Maine, Oregon, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Maine. Yeah, and or oh yeah, shit, yeah, that's right. You're right. Or Oregon. I mean, I think North Carolina would be a top ten, but not a top five in my in the way I see things. So, you know, I think they I think they'll do okay in North Carolina, but I mean Wicked Weed owns that market. You know, they have a ton of breweries, you know, in, in North Carolina that just kill it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting to see how that's they do. true. Um, and then the other one we mentioned, Dogfish Head hits Missouri, which is mind blowing to me because I thought Dogfish was everywhere. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Yeah. I just yeah. I I was like, they're not national already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says here the company's beers are sold in 34 states. And this entire time I thought they were in like 48, 49. Whew. They're only in 34. Can you believe that? Can you believe that Dogfish Head kills it? And we'll get to Dogfish Head later on in this episode. In terms of money, but they're only in 34 states. That's well, like to me, that's my point. Well, look at uh, I mean, we've we've talked about it before. Like Yingling, one of the most well-known beers to us in our market here, is only east of the Mississippi. So it's like you don't yeah. need a ton of you don't need a ton of states. You just need a good reputation, and a lot of fans. Yep. So uh, earlier this month, Dogfish Head said it would expand distribution to Minnesota and Alabama. The company is also expect expected to add New Mexico and West Virginia, and perhaps other markets to his footprint in 2017. So Dogfish Head is in Delaware, yet they are not in West Virginia, which I don't know if that's necessarily... Or Alabama. Or Alabama. I mean, not yet, but they're going to. But huh. uh, that's odd. You know, they, they're yeah. in West Virginia, which and they're like right next to each other. But, you know, maybe West Virginia isn't necessarily a craft beer market. Maybe they're moonshine only. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought yeah. that was interesting, you know, Dogfish only being in 34 states, but they are, they're, they're, I love them so much. <laughs> As we, we all do. I don't care what you say about copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Calgione for president. All hail Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing to say. Yeah, put your arm out too. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, the big, big news article that we were going to cover from Beer Street Journal. There are 5,301 breweries operating in America. 5,300 breweries and one. Jesus. In America. Of those 5,301, 5,234 are considered craft by the Brewers Association. Excuse me. So, to go down the list before we before we dive into it, 2016 saw 826 brewery openings, which is, you know, was 100 a month, something like that, a little more than 100 a month. 97 close, uh, uh, 97 closings. Uh, when the Beer Street Journal went online nine years ago, there were just over 1,000 breweries. So in nine years, it's gone up 4,300 breweries. Uh, brewing means jobs. At the end of 2016, the craft segment alone provided 128,768 hardworking folks with grateful Sudsy employment. That's a 5.7% rise than 2015. Uh, we're skip around. Overall, the numbers are pretty pretty good. 
Craft retail dollars broke $23 billion in 2016, a 10% increase. Jesus. And that's a 21.9% dollar share of America's $107.9 billion beer industry. $108 billion beer industry, Jeff, in America. We got to get our piece of that. Freedom tastes so good. Oh, man. <laughs> so break it down. There's a little infograph here that I'm going to quickly go through. Uh, vo uh, 2016 volume share for craft breweries, 2011, 5.7%, 2012, 6.5%, 2013, 7.8%, 2014, 11%, 2015, 12.2%, and 2016 is 12.3%. So there is a you know what's huge jump from 13 to 14, and it's 0.1% jump from 15 to 16. Interesting. Starting to, they're starting to see that bubble creep, but um, what I find interesting is that their their share of volume is twelve point three percent of the market. However, their dollar of the of their dollar total of the market is twenty one point nine percent. So that's how much that's how much more pricey it is to buy craft beer, I guess. But yeah. that's crazy. It's it's literally almost double what their actual volume of the market is in dollars. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty interesting. Another infograph is the 2016 craft retail dollar value growth. So uh, did I mention it before? Uh, uh, I don't think so. All right, so the number is, it's oh, it's a 10%. I'm sorry. So from this is 2016, uh, saw a 10% growth over 2015. Dollar-wise, that's $23.5 billion in a year increase from 2015 to 2016. Volume-wise, craft brewer volume growth, 6%. And the barrel, the barrel count, uh, we're going to do tw the 2016 barrel count. That's 24,570,469 barrels produced last year. So 2016, so we're going to go back 2009, 9.1 million. 2010, 10.1 million. 2011, 11.5. 13.2. 15.6 from 13. 2014, 22.1 million, Jeff. My God. 2015 hit 24.3. 2016 hit 24.6. So that jump again from 2013 to 2014 went up seven, just under 7 million barrels. But 2015, 24.3. 2016, 24.6. So only a $0.3 million dollar more barrels produced from last year from 15 into 16. Interesting. These infographs um, are very uh good. Killing it. Um we're uh we'll we'll skip jobs. I'm not I mean jobs congratulations. Uh <laughs> 826 yeah. <laughs> uh there's three more infographs. I'm not gonna I'm not going to really dive into them. Um, not that they're not important, but the other ones are a little bit more important. It's this is also interesting to me, and just to just to kind of yeah, close up on one. Right? Yeah. So, fifty three hundred and one total and breweries one. in the country, and only sixty seven percent of the are sixty seven, not even sixty seven percent, sixty seven total breweries out of fifty three hundred and one. Sixty seven breweries are macro. And five thousand two hundred and thirty-four are craft breweries. Yeah, consider craft. Yep. But that also that that five thousand includes Yingling, Sam Adams, 
Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon is considered, I, I believe, craft. It's all off barrel output. Right. So, I mean, Anheuser-Busch, which owns, you know, AB, is AB InBev, as well as Miller Coors, because they own all of them. They have 67 breweries, essentially. In the, I guess you can, I guess, I think Corona is brewed in in U.S., I think, somewhere. So those two conglomerates have 67 breweries. That's how I interpret that. To where, the, I mean, yeah, more or less. Or, you know, I, don't, I can't think of anybody else that's that's not craft. I mean, they always say Sierra Nevada and and Sam Adams are craft, and I, I don't know. I guess they must be, but um, you know, sixty seven to me, you have to include some of these guys, right? I don't know. I don't think. Other, I think Sierra Nevada is like, not uh, craft. I think Sierra Nevada's craft beer. That's. I mean, I mean. It, it, you're, you're in, you you have beer, breweries like Sierra Nevada. You have breweries like Rogue and, and Dogfish, which are all considered craft beers. You also have breweries like Tequesta and, uh, you know, all these really small breweries that Bowiegans that also fit that description. Right. Still, that number is incredibly high because if you break that down amongst 50 states, which is a, a shitty comparison, but we'll go with it. You know, that's 5,234 is a huge number because how many beers each brewery does each brewery make at least 10 you know yeah you know so that's to multiply that by 10 and that's a really bad estimation about how many beers are actually available to the public you know and and i know so you got some breweries you know how many how many beers does sam Adams make a year variations uh, 80. So make like 38 a year and that's oh, one brewery. more than that i've i've looked up there on their website before and they with all their different series and stuff they're the stuff they only release uh in in boston i think they're i, I thought they were as many as 80 beers that they have yeah i don't know how many they have but i think it's something like that yeah. so yeah i mean and, and a lot of them do i mean if you think about it um i mean think of all the different series and different things that dogfish head does they probably have 40 beers you know oh easy but this thing you know I pulled this up literally like 10 minutes before we I hit record and thank God for this infograph saving my ass from reading, <laughs> but we've been preaching it on the show that the craft, the, I, especially I've been pretty you know, strong ho about it, but the craft beer, we, me and Jeff started in the end of 2015, October, 2015 is when Jeff came on the show and it's what it is now from 2015 to Ooh. 2016. A 0.1% volume share increase. And I've always said the bubble is bursting, but the industry is too big for us to even notice it. And yeah, but two examples of that. I mean, they always they always said about forty eight hundred breweries was like the most that we could handle. That's what like all the all the statistics said, and we're well over that. But at the same time, we're looking for that bubble to burst. We're looking for that bubble to burst, and yet, I mean, yes, the growth is slowing. But 97 closings and 826 openings, it doesn't seem like it's bursting. Like, there are 97 closings. That's like two per state. That's nothing. About, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's, and we're talking about in a, in a restaurant field, essentially, in a hospitality field where, you know, most places are closing within two years in any other segment of, of this. I mean, granted, yes, it's not directly. Some of them are tap rooms and, and restaurants, and some of them aren't. But like, 
I mean, 97 closings in a year in a, in an entire industry. Versus, that's good. Like they're they're right. killing it. That's like right. that's nothing. That's right. a line item write off. I agree. So obviously, I don't think that this is you know I don't think that the bubble has hit yet. Uh, I mean, we're seeing stabilized growth where it's starting to slow, 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 and I think we're gonna even continue to see that. I don't see it growing, having another jump anytime soon, but um, I don't see it falling off either. I mean, until we start seeing breweries close, um, I... here's here's what I think. Here's what I think. We're on, I think this year is going to be the tippy top of that that curve, that bell curve, to where 2017 will probably be the biggest year for the industry. And then maybe I'll give them 2018 too. I'll give them Two years of top, you know, 14% volume share, whatever, the highest barrel output, whatever. But 2019, that number, I think, is going to start, is going to start coming down. Maybe not necessarily in closings, but in terms of volume, right? So breweries may go back to the beers that sell, right? I see. Okay, so I maybe see it the opposite. And here's my thinking on it is our generation of of younger people to even even you know and i i say the younger people when i say younger people i'm talking about the people who are going out who are who are still going out to restaurants who are still going out to bars uh you know the 50 and younger age group uh of yeah. people that go out that generation of people now is very much more quality conscience uh conscious and way less cost conscious um no problem as a generation now this is not speaking for everybody but as a gener as a, as a group of people we have no problem paying six seven eight dollars for a beer that's good quality we have no problem paying 12 13 14 dollars for a good well-made cocktail made at a good cocktail bar with all homemade ingredients like that's the way the industry is moving is dr in drinking is right. people are very much willing to pay for a, a quality drink rather than give me six Bud Lights. So while macro will always rule it because there's nothing better than buying a 24 pack for $16 and having enough beer for you and six buddies to drink on a boat all day. Right. Like, I mean, that's, you know, that's just simple economics, but um, I, I do not think that we're going to see a fall off of beer quality or, I think if anything, you're going to see closings as people do start to rule out these breweries that are not worthy of being open. Because how many times have we said that we've, I mean, we've run into more than 97 shitty breweries ourselves and only 97 closings. So the shitty breweries are still surviving for now. People are still going to them because they're not, they're not pushed to the point where they're saying I can get something better somewhere else. I'm going to keep going to this place because it's local. Whatever the reasoning is, we've all gone to crappy breweries that we don't like their stuff at all. Their beers are terrible and they're still open. Maybe the bubble bursting will be those people finally getting phased out where they're like, look, man, like there's now there's 5,500 breweries and we, you know, and there's six in every town. So, you know, we don't have to go to that shitty one anymore that person will close. So I could see the closings going up and the openings going down, but I think the barrels will continue to go up or at least stay the same. I think that the 
the good breweries are going to produce more beer as their as their demand goes up and more breweries are going to close so their barrels will become available and i could see the barrel output being close to the same but i could see a lot of these crappier breweries falling off i can i can i can see that yeah i mean i think the problem with with what's going to happen is going to the industry is going to kill itself to where there's such a saturation to where that close that closing number is going to increase to where you know if you have let's orlando you know we all know orlando if you have eight breweries in orlando and every year like there's gonna be five new breweries this year opening in orlando just orlando alone five two right. uh two in two in sanford and three in orlando so that's you know five five in one year so add that number to what you know orlando has what eight breweries so you have 13 breweries fighting over the same market plus you have bottle shops you have you know the gbs you have bars fighting over the same customer base so what's going to happen is that the worst breweries are going to start either a cutting back on their distro and brewing beers that they're going to push out less and maybe keep more in-house because their profits are more in-house or they're just going to close or merge, you know, they'll get bought out or, or, or merge with somebody or, you know, whatever the case. So the, I think the crap breweries are their own worst enemy and they're fighting over the, the same, mar- I mean, same market. I, I think the market's big what- enough to share, but I just think, okay. I mean, I think the market's big enough to share for now there, but you're going to have to see, I mean, eventually you're going to run out of places to open a brewery, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, nobody's Sanford, opening up right next to the next guy. Sanford alone is has three now. They're getting another two. So little downtown Sanford is going to have five breweries. That's crazy. Yeah, for little know, old Sanford to share down there. Five. On top of you know the, the you know the the uh, Celery City, who which is expanding, West End, all, you know Buster's. Holler, you know, Willow Tree, you know, whatever. But five fucking breweries, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what everyone else thinks. Listening, comment on all of our social media. Email us at thebarpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you guys think. Obviously, there is a big jump between 2013 and 2014, which I think me and Jeff can agree with because it was out of control. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much it just corresponds to when I got involved in craft beer, so I'm gonna yeah. take credit for that. Yeah. So Jeff, Jeff knows, man. But yeah, let us know what you guys think, man. This is this is definitely a a good conversation for people to go back and forth of on where the industry is going and styles and you know the news articles we posted about women getting craft beer. I love to talk to people about that and you know is the low ABV sours or berliners or you know blondes is that a trend? You know, I know there's a couple of people who post. And talk to us, but you know, I like to hear more. Prove me wrong or prove me right, whichever. So that's gonna end this episode, guys. We had we covered a lot. My brain's tired. I'm behind on emails. So Jeff, man, what do you got going on? Whew, what do I got going on? I am tired, man. But it is opening day for baseball. baseball. So what I got going on is baseball. The baseball, Yankees baseball, lost, baseball. but whatever. I'm watching my fantasy pitcher fucking goose egg the, the reigning World Series champions right now. So that's pretty awesome. With eight Ks already through six innings. So that's not who's, a bad. Who's the pitcher? Carlos Martinez. Nice. Cool. 
Yeah, so baseball season. Oh yeah. Baseball season is what I got going on. We're having a good time. Cool. So what I got going on is other than the South Florida trip, I am tired. I got so much fucking beer that I'm gonna take a break. Which means I need to stop buying alcohol. I take that back. My birthday's next weekend and I'm going to Red Cypress because they're having a bottom release. <laughs> but Hell after yes. that <laughs> I gotta take it easy. Uh, uh buying beer. Uh I'll never stop drinking. But uh other than that, working podcasting is 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 busy, man. Every every week it's like fuck, there's more and more shit that either I think of that I want to do or that it's just like God, I can answer this fucking email. All right. You know, not that's a bad thing, but it's like God, it's between that and, and my other like normal job. It's it's and then have time for myself to like <laughs> unwind and play Mass Effect and Horizon Zero Dawn and Ghostlands or Wildlands. Definitely busy, that's for sure. But you know, it's it's good. You know, the show is growing still. Uh surprisingly enough. <laughs> 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 so our numbers, our numbers are increasing week after week after week. We're, we're, we've ne- I haven't seen a decline in a long time. Beautiful. So well, thanks, fans, for sticking with us. That's why I thank everyone for sticking with us, supporting the show. Uh we have a lot of things that going on that we want to work out and, and make for you guys to listen to so we were going to try and make that happen i know jeff had a good experience last week with a brewery in tampa that we were trying to work out hopefully that works out uh, we have a lot of different ideas that we want to do and, and and things like that so uh you know the show you never know what you're going to get that's for sure with us <laughs> <laughs> certainly don't yeah so with that said another thanks for again for listening and until next time we'll see you guys at the bar Peace.